Hello. Now, before I jump into this episode, that was a very hello, wasn't it? (laughs) Uh, Now, before I do jump into this episode, I want to let you know about a free workshop that I am running online in mid-February 2023. So if you are listening to this episode around its time of release, make sure you save your free spot, okay? This free online workshop, it's called The Top five home design mistakes and how to avoid them. And I'm going to go through the biggest and most commonly made home design mistakes that I see in the thousands of floor plans I look at and my tips and tactics for avoiding them in your project. So whether you're renovating or you're building new and whoever you're working with, you will find this free online workshop packed full of actionable help and information. So you can save your spot by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash design mistakes. I'll pop a link for that in the resources as well. And we will be sending out a replay. So make sure you register. Now, let me get on with the episode. This is episode 268. And in it, I'm going to take you through five problems that I commonly hear about from those who are starting their renovation or new build project. Now, if you're beyond the point of starting, I still encourage you to tune in because I think that they're still going to be helpful for you. Uh, And if you don't even think that you're starting, stay tuned because you might be surprised uh, about what I think about whether you're starting or not. So um, remember too, I've got a full transcript of this episode plus information on the resources that we discussed. You can grab all of that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 268. That's the numbers 268. Now let's dive in. I begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, and I recognise the continuing connection to lands, waters, skies and communities. I pay my respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to elders both past and present. If we haven't met before, I'm Amelia Lee. Based in Northern New South Wales, Australia, I'm a wife, mum and architect, and I've worked in the architectural industry for over 27 years now. Having worked on over 250 projects, mainly residential family homes, as well as significantly renovating three homes of my own with my hubby, whilst our three kids were babies, toddlers and even older, I have a personal and professional understanding of the joy, challenges, stresses and excitement of making your family home a reality. In mid-2014, I started Undercover Architect, and it's an online business to help and teach homeowners like you how to get it right when designing, building and renovating your family home. Undercover Architect is all about giving you access to the industry knowledge and insights you need to avoid the mistakes and dramas that can cost you thousands, tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's about levelling the playing field so that the world of renovating and building doesn't seem so mysterious and you can be the active driver in your project, navigating it with know-how and confidence. Undercover Architect helps and teaches homeowners through this podcast, the website and our online courses and programs, including my flagship program, Home Method. I truly believe that when you know the questions to ask, the steps to take and the best way to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in, you can enjoy the process of building and renovating, as well as the home that you move into at the end of this ambitious journey. Consider Undercover Architect your secret ally, whoever you're working with and whatever your location, your budget or your dreams. Grab access to my free online workshop, Your Project Plan, and learn super helpful information to save time, money and stress in your reno or new build. You can find it at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. That's P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. Now, let's get on to the episode. 
Okay, so if you are listening to this podcast episode and you're dreaming about your future home, but you're really not sure when you're actually going to make your project formally happen, or perhaps you've decided this year is going to be the year to get serious about bringing those future homes to life, maybe you've, you're already on the way. Maybe you're you know, getting ready to choose your team, you've already chosen them and you're working with them then if you're in any of those groups of people, then this episode is going to be super helpful for you. I want to take you through the five problems that I regularly hear about from homeowners when they're starting their renovation or new build. But before I jump in, I do want to mention this because it's worth understanding how differently the word start can be defined by people or interpreted by people in their project journey and what start actually represents. Some people think start means construction start. Some people think start means the actual design drawings. But I want to share with you, if you think that you're still dreaming about your project, but you are here listening to this podcast, then as far as I'm concerned, you have already started your project journey. And now it's a case of when you're going to turn this preparation and research into action and take the necessary steps that you need to. Many, though, they don't think of this early investigation time and this preparation as starting. And so what ends up happening is they waste a huge amount of time, effort and energy as a result. So I'm going to help you be more efficient and more productive in that regard because, frankly, who has any time to waste and fluff around these days? So we're going to dive straight in. We're going to kick off with the first common problem to avoid when starting a renovation or new build, and it is this. Number one is it is hard to know where to start. So this is a really common problem that I see homeowners struggle with. And it's understandable because when you're starting out, it can seem that there are so many different approaches to renovating or building a new home. And so, so many people tell me this is what they're confused about by when they start, you know, should I hire an architect, a building designer or a draftsperson? Do I work directly with a builder from the start and I do I use their designer or do I even have the, the builder design the project? Do I design the house myself and then find a builder? Do I work with a design build company and choose something off the plan with a volume builder? You know, there's so many different ways of wrapping up this question. People just don't even know where to begin. And so it is worth understanding that your project it doesn't start with this decision about the company that you choose to work with or the method or approach that you choose to make it happen. It's best started before this decision is made and that's what many homeowners miss. So one of the reasons that I started Undercover Architect was because I saw this problem happening time and time again. What I would see is that people would make the decision to build or renovate and they'd see that their starting point was about deciding on that approach or choosing someone to work with and that might be a full custom home with a builder or an architect or working with more of a one-stop shop such as a design build or a volume builder or perhaps another kind of approach. And then because they'd see this as the start of their project, they'd only do cursory preparation prior to that because they'd assume that whoever they were going to choose would then take them through all of the next steps and what they needed to know and, and fill all the gaps in that regard. And in fact, in fact, then most of the preparation that they'd done up to that point would be reviewing pictures of homes that they liked and fixtures and finishes that they potentially wanted in their future home, even down to sort of tiles and tapware and colours and things like that. And then they'd find a company or companies that seemed like they could deliver in alignment with that and they'd sign up to them and they'd hit go. Maybe this sounds familiar to you. The thing is though, because this preparatory work doesn't get done in a guided or informed way, 
what ends up happening is it can actually feel a bit like potluck if you end up choosing the right people to work with, the right approach for your desired project experience, you know, the right approach for your budget, your future home and the goals that you have for it. And I do think this is why so many rely on the referrals of others when they're choosing an approach or a team. Following the suggestions of people that you trust, it's understandable. But if those people have only done one project and they don't have a true basis of comparison of, to see, actually truly assess whether they achieved a great outcome or they got value for money or they had an efficient and enjoyable project experience, then their referral, it can also put you in that potluck position with working with whoever they recommend. Please know though, okay, it is not potluck at all whether you whether or not you choose the right person or people to work with and whether or not they take care of you and provide you with a great service, a great project experience and a great outcome. You know, all of those things, the service, the experience, the outcome, they can all be engineered based on what you know before you choose your team and your approach to your project. Now, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, there are actually four phases to any project, regardless of budget, size or type, whether you're doing a bathroom renovation or you're building a whole new brand, you know, brand new family home. These four phases exist and they need to be followed. Now, these four phases, they're actually the structure of my flagship program, Home Method. Home Method teaches the steps, the step-by-step system to move through these four phases. And if you're not a member of Home Method, obviously, uh, you can check out some podcast episodes that I'll pop links into the resources for uh, where I go through these four phases and the specific mistakes to avoid in these four phases. So the four phases that you'll need to travel through for your project journey, the first one is pre-design, the second one is design, the third is pre-build and the fourth one is build. Now, when you choose anyone to work with, be it a designer, a builder or a one-stop shop company, they should ideally take you through the pre-design phase as part of their preliminary work with you before putting pen to paper to create any designs for you. The thing is though that some don't, quite a lot don't actually, they just dive straight into the design work and so that's why knowing more about pre-design is so essential because it's work that has to be done for your project to happen. Now, the pre-design phase is essential for determining what you're allowed to do on your site and in your area from uh, a planning and building regulations point of view, uh, what you actually really want to achieve in your project and how your future home is going to fit bigger goals around your finances, your lifestyle, your values and your aspirations, the existing conditions of the site and how they may impact any design and building work, and then what can be done to maximise the benefits of your site and minimise any risks during construction and the occupation of the home long term. It'll also help you work out what other professionals you need to include, the processes that you'll need to undertake on that pathway towards your finished home, really based on the kind of support that you'd like and also what your local regulations may insist on you including. It's essential for determining your budget, whether it's realistic and how you'll sanity check it along the way, even before you start designing. And also there's some other important due diligence and documentation for your existing home and your site so that you're actually ready to start designing with the right information in place. Now, what's fantastic is that all of these steps in pre-design, they don't necessarily require you to have commissioned an architect or builder or company in order to undertake. In fact, there is so much that you can find out with the right guidance and help to to really take you through that pre-design phase yourself when you know where to look and the questions to ask. And what you can find out during the pre-design phase can actually impact decisions that you make about your design before you begin 
and the size and the cost of your project as well. So starting your project, it's not about who you choose and the approach that you decide on. It's actually about the pre-designed knowledge that you can gain through your own research that then helps you make better decisions about what you'll do, who you'll work with and the way that you'll design and build. Now, in addition to that, don't assume that one approach is going to be more expensive than another until you've done some due diligence. You know, many who are building new just assume that a volume built or an off-the-plan home with a project home builder is the most affordable way to build a new home. However, that's not always the case. And I've had clients and Home Method members who've discovered, discovered other avenues that are more affordable and that have enabled them to have a custom designed home and a process that they're far more intimately involved with than a volume builder is set up for or will allow. This leads me to the next problem to avoid that I see many experience when they're starting their reno or new build and it, it expands on what I've touched on already. So the second uh, problem is that there's uncertainty about the best approach to choose in your renovation or new build, be it working with a design build company, a volume builder or taking the full custom approach and hiring your own architect or designer and builder. Now, I know that when you're starting out, the whole experience of renovating and building, it can feel like a bottomless pit of people, processes and possibilities. And most that I speak to are understandably looking to save time and to make the process as streamlined and simple for themselves as possible. And so they see that outsourcing as much of their own work involvement is a way to achieve that. Now, many are also seeking certainty as well, and they want to embark on their project journey, which, you know, it can usually be around 18 months or more in length, sometimes even two to three years, with some certainty about price and timeframes. And they're wanting to know very early what the project will cost and when they can expect to start building and be in their finished new home or renovation. Now, I think that this is, we do this because it's what we experience in lots of other areas of our life. You know, when you go to get your car fixed, you don't expect to be working alongside the mechanic to get the job done. You expect to tell them the problems that you're having to get a quote, to get it fixed, book it in, drop it off, and then pick it up when it's ready and all sorted and you pay the bill. However, you know, as a comparison, recently I had to negotiate a business contract. The lawyer wasn't able to give me a fixed scope of work and a total sum. You know, they were only able to give me an hourly rate and a rough estimate of hours. And I had to work alongside him to ensure that it was including all of the clauses I wanted and it was covering particular scenarios because at the end of the day, each situation is different. The parties involved can vary and the needs can be individual. And this is much more what building and renovating is actually like. Now, if you're like most homeowners I know, you will have a life that's already very full with its own demands on your time and resources. So I find that many are looking for processes and people so that it doesn't add to that too much, that it doesn't load them up more than they can, they can accommodate. But I really need you to understand that if you are planning to build or renovate your home, it is you who will care about it the most. Even when you're working with the most amazing and professional people, it'll still be you that cares about it the most. And it stands to reason because it's your home, it's your future and it's your money. No one will care about that more than you. And like all things that we care about, they need an investment of energy, of learning, of time and of preparation to achieve the best outcomes. You need to treat your reno or new build like the project that it is and you need to dedicate time and effort towards it. And so getting yourself upskilled in information and knowledge to make that effort and time meaningful and productive, that means you will save time and effort in the long run and avoid loads of mistakes and problems. 
Now, throwing money at the situation, it doesn't always fix it if it is thrown in the wrong hands or the wrong direction. So knowing who, what and where to best invest your budget will save you money as well. And getting yourself the right support so that you can maintain your stamina through a two plus year project is super important as well. Because if you're living in your finished home five or 10 years down the track, you will kick yourself that you dropped the ball or you compromised on something that is then frustrating you regularly because you didn't wrap the support and know how around you that you needed in order to make it the whole way through your project. Now, this is especially the case if you know that you're going to be carrying most of the load with your project. So I find for many couples, there'll be one member of the couple who will take on most of the responsibility and pressure of the project much more than the other. And so in those situations, if that's going to be you, you definitely need somewhere that you can turn to ask questions, to learn what you need and to check in on your decisions as you go. However, despite all of this, you know, it still stands. People, you know, many people do. They look for a certain simplified and streamlined approach to building their home or getting their renovation done. I think that's why design build companies can be so popular and it's definitely why the volume builder industry is so entrenched in how we build new homes in Australia. In fact, around September 2022, the Housing Industry Association released data on the top 100, top 100 residential builders in Australia across the 2020-2021 financial year based on the volume of homes. So that when when they talk about homes in real estate data, it includes detached houses, townhouses and apartments. And so it looked at how many homes were being built by this assessing basically who these top 100 residential builders were. Now, the top was not a quality rating, okay? It was a delivery rating. So it was about volume, it wasn't about quality. And in regards to detached homes, so looking at this list of the top 100 builders, 77% of the detached homes in Australia across that financial year were built by builders in that top 100 list. Now, there are over 130,000 licensed builders in Australia. So for it to be built by that top 100 list, 77%, that's that's incredible. So, And we build around 200,000 homes per year. So that's a lot of homes being built in a, in a particular kind of delivery model. Um, in fact, the top 20 in that, one, that list of 100, I went through and I added up the numbers, the top 20 in that list of 100, they built over 46,000 of those alone. So that was just looking at the top 20 doing detached homes, they built 46,000. So almost a quarter of the homes in Australia were built by 20 building companies, okay, which just blows my mind. So The volume builder market, it definitely packages up an approach that gives the impression that provides certainty and simplicity. And you can generally see a built version of your home in a display village before you begin that you can wander through. You select finishes and fixtures from a pre-decided range. So that makes your selection process simplified. You are then kept at arm's length during the construction process. So decisions get made for you in that kind of whole thing as it runs through its process. And the the actual process of building a new home with a volume builder is generally shorter, uh, quite significantly shorter than a custom designed home and requires a lot less decision making on your part. And the business model is built like this to protect the efficiency and the profit of delivering homes this way. 
Now, the custom approach, by contrast, on the other end of the scale, it can feel less certain, you know, because you're designed by virtue of it being custom. It's going to be the first time that home has ever been built. If you're renovating, of course, your project is most likely to, to be a fully custom approach and it's going to most likely be the only project of its kind. There, but there are ways, okay, there are definitely ways that you can achieve efficiencies and predictabilities in a custom approach. Just know though, it's a very different business model and process to working with a volume builder. Now design build I find is somewhere between the two and I think that many choose this approach because they believe that it's going to deliver time savings in the coordination of people and processes all being under one company and even inside one office. And so people believe that that's going to streamline communication and that it's going to assist you as a homeowner not having to bridge the gap between people on your team. Now this isn't necessarily the case okay so I I do believe that it's the perception it's not necessarily the case. So I've got a podcast episode that I'm going to pop in the resources for you about what to be aware with design build companies. If you are considering this approach for your project, I really recommend listening to it so that you can protect yourself um, as you need to. Now, simply put though, okay, whether you are doing a renovation or a new build and whatever delivery approach that you decide on, your site is individual, you are individual and your project is going to be individual. So the biggest question that I really think you need to ask and answer for yourself is, how much control do I want in the process of creating my new home or renovation? How much input do I want to have? And how involved do I want to be in the overall process? Because each of the delivery models that are available to you, each of the approaches to making your reno or new build happen, they're going to impact your control, your input and your involvement. So some, such as the volume builders, they're going to keep you at a distance with very little control or involvement as they move you through their preset steps versus the other end of the spectrum, a full custom approach where each team member is acting as your experienced and expert guide and the agenda and the goals are set by you and you're very involved. Okay. Now, don't let your budget make this decision for you because one process isn't always cheaper than the other. Really think about the level of control, input and involvement that you ideally want in creating your future home and then do your homework and explore what's possible for your project before you commit to one approach. Now the third problem to avoid when starting a renovation or new build is this. Okay, this is number three choosing a project team that ends up being the wrong fit. So this problem, it gets packaged up in lots of different ways. People talk to me about it in lots of different ways. It can be that your designer or builder just isn't getting you or they're not gelling with you and they keep presenting designs that just don't seem to be what you're asking for. Uh, it can be that your designer or your builder, you don't feel that they're actually listening to you and they seem to be, you just generally all seem to be struggling with the communication and being on the same page as each other. It can also be that you just don't feel fully supported and you're unsure of who is doing what and what to expect next and how the whole process should be flowing. And it can also seem uh, that things are going really slowly, that communication is disparate or non-existent and that emails and calls don't get replied to in a timely manner or at all. So I feel that all of these represent that you have a mismatch with your team, that you potentially have the wrong team on board and you haven't set up the right working relationships or expectations with your project. Now, renovating and building a home, it is definitely a team sport, okay? And saying the saying that's, you know, teamwork makes the dream work, it is never truer than when designing, building or renovating. 
So finding alignment in values, in communication methods, even your personal outlook on life and the things that you find funny and you enjoy, this can all feed into great working relationships that improve your project experience, that speed up your project overall and create a much better outcome for your future home. You know, when you find the right team that fits with you, you'll find that decisions get made faster because you'll have a higher level of trust in their choices and guidance. They can also anticipate your needs and they can support you far more effectively. Communication you'll find is much more straightforward and your project actually ends up being an enjoyable experience, even in the stressful moments when hiccups and hurdles arise. Now, saying this, finding fit it doesn't mean finding someone who's exactly like you because if your way of being and approach to life isn't one that's really suited to the skills of project management and project delivery, then that can be, if you find someone who's exactly like you, that can be challenging. You know, inside inside that alignment, you still want people working with you who are professional, who are proactive, who are productive, communicative, and who'll guide you effectively through your reno or new build and really fill that expertise gap that you have. If you need to be managed, for example, you know, then team fit is all the more important. So you actually trust your team and you're not resistant to being managed by them. And if you need to take time to make decisions and you need lots of information in order to feel calmer about your decisions as well, then team fit is really important so that your team actually manages your expectations, gives you clear direction and then provides help and deadlines for when those decisions are required from you. Now, one of the best things to do before you start interviewing potential team members is to create the brief for your future home. So I have got a podcast episode on this that helps with some questions to ask yourself in order to get started on creating your brief. Uh, Inside Home Method, I've actually got a templated brief builder that helps you flesh out a really detailed brief uh, that you can use to be able to build your own. Now, creating a brief for your project It will ultimately help you establish clarity for your priorities and your ambitions for your project that then your potential team members can actually talk to. They can help you see where you're being realistic, what's not in alignment with the way that they do their work and what might need shifting for you to achieve your goals. Having it in writing up front before you actually choose and interview your potential team, it's going to help potential team members clearly understand your ambitions for your project and it opens conversations that many unfortunately don't have until they're well into their project and they're already committed to the wrong team member. Your brief, this is something you can start writing tomorrow if you haven't started, okay? You don't have to wait until you know what you, when you're going to start your project or how you're going to go about it. It can change over time. That's totally okay. If you haven't started working with a team, you know, start writing your brief now so that you can really start getting your ideas down. It's a really great way for you to envision your future home and get it all down on paper. I love seeing homeowners do this because it brings so much into light, opens up really great conversations with your partner if you're doing a renovation or a new build with someone and it gets to the nuts and bolts of how you really want to live in the future and what your home needs to do and to be in order to support that. Now, the fourth problem to avoid when starting a renovation or new build is another really common one and it's the concern that this is going to happen. Number four is that the designer will create a design that's over budget even though we're telling them all along that we don't want this. Now, this is a problem that has always existed and so it's essential that you build processes into your project 
to avoid it happening or to minimise its impacts and potential to derail your project. So I get lots of messages from homeowners, unfortunately, sharing their experience around this. You know, in fact, one of the messages that I received said this. Uh, she said, so you've most definitely heard this a million times before. We've been caught out with the old architect over designing our renovation and doubling our budget. They are now suggesting we remove 50% of the included plans to bring it down to cost, but that means giving up almost everything we loved about their design in the first place. We would forever have a sour taste in our mouths if we went ahead. Problem being, we have already paid them $45,000 for these plans and documentation. I'm just hoping for a professional's advice on where to go from here. We aren't after a refund or anything like that, but we have completely gone off the idea of renovating now and wish to design a new home, most likely on our own and possibly even own a build. We have to meet with architects this week though, and me being an inexperienced client, I don't even know where to start. What do I say to them and what rights do we have? Should we just cut our losses here? Now, another message that I received, it was much angrier than this. So this message said, some of the architects and designers out there are so spineless. As soon as a builder or the client challenges their plans, they either get defensive or they just fade away behind out-of-office auto-replies and voicemail recordings. One of our mistakes was paying the last invoice too soon. We thought the architect was going to follow through the process properly until construction started, but once that last invoice was paid, they started mentioning scope creep. It's not scope creep if you haven't finished the job properly. It's not scope creep when the first thing we said in our first meeting was, please be brutally honest with us as we go along and tell us if we're asking too much for the budget. Ultimately, the architect was so slack, so lazy and inaccurate that our previously helpfully, helpful builder lost faith in the process and delivered us a truly outrageous price in order to kill off our determination to get it over the line. We are much poorer than when we started. There is no house and I am still so angry it's hard, isn't it? You know, it is so frustrating that this happens in the industry. And please know, this is not just limited to working with an architect. I get these messages about building designers, about draftspeople, about interior designs, about builders. It is not just limited to architects. So how do you actually set up your project at the start to avoid this happening? Because that's, that's what's the important thing here, okay? So that you can avoid this happening to you in the first place. Now, I want to uh, preface this by saying that it is worth mentioning that over the past two years, and I suspect it's going to continue for a little while yet, we've seen construction costs increasing unpredictably and quickly. You know, whilst percentages will vary on what the reports are, the increases that we've been experiencing they have definitely outstripped CPI. And it's making it really difficult for anyone who's pricing projects to do that with any certainty. You know, suppliers who used to hold quotes for three, sometimes even six months, they will now only hold quotes for seven days. Subcontractors are the same. So, you know, builders can find that they're pricing a job and a week later it's gone up in price. They can sign contracts and immediately need to start charging variations due to price increases on items in their PC items and provisional sums. You know, if you think about the fact somebody's only holding their price for seven days and for a builder to create a detailed proposal to cost your project can take at least six weeks to do, sometimes uh, around four to six weeks, but it's sometimes taking a little bit longer just because of the way that people are pricing projects at the moment. And the price is only being held for seven days on those quotes that they're getting. It's, it's incredibly difficult. So it is really essential that you build ways into your project to do a few things. Firstly, you want to establish that your budget is actually realistic. You want to get realistic feedback that it's achievable. You need to determine what contingency you're going to protect to manage the future cost increases as well and get advice on that. 
Now, you want to keep checking your costs along the way right from the commencement of any design work with a costing professional. And you need to actually start your design with some good costing input. You don't just put pen to paper and design a house according to what you want and then figure out what it's going to cost. You figure out what your budget can actually afford you. Okay. So, and then you, as you're working through that design, you check your costs along the way with a costing professional. And a costing professional is a quantity surveyor, a building estimator or a builder. Please know that your designer or architect, they are not a costing professional. And unless they're regularly finishing projects like yours with builders that you're considering using, they will not be able to provide you with accurate costing feedback. Now, most reports that I'm seeing in the in online and in the media, they say, and, and reports also from our industry bodies, now they say that residential construction costs themselves, they've moved between 10 and 19% over the past 12 months. There's a bit of a discrepancy in the reporting around that. And I think it's also looking at the sector of the industry that they're largely reporting on. I'm seeing though many are getting touch with me to say that their project costs have moved 30%, 50%, right through to 200% or more since they started their project 12 months ago. What can be really difficult to establish here is where that price increase of 30, 50, 200%, where that's been impacted by the rising construction labour costs that we've been seeing over the past 12 months, two years, versus how much their project detail was actually developed 12 months ago and costed properly versus what's happened, you know, rather than what's actually then happened over the past 12 months as it's been, you know, developed and uh, detailed in that in that sort of process. So, you know, 12 months ago, chances are that because their project wasn't at a huge level of detail, that the assumptions and estimations used at the beginning weren't accurate or they were low-balled. And then over the past 12 months, as they've developed the detail and uh, created more information that enables greater costing feedback, at the same time, the price increases have gone up. And I think the combination of those two things is where we're really seeing people struggle with the cost increases that they're, that they're experiencing because they haven't started with the right costing information. They've been getting inaccurate estimates at the beginning. And as they've developed the information and got better detailed feedback, the price has developed more accurately plus there it's accommodating price increases as well so the interesting thing too that alongside this and understandably as well I'm seeing also that there's an increase in complaints legal threats as well by frustrated clients who are trying to seek damages or compensation for fees that they've invested in designing a home that they now can't afford to build and interestingly also insurers they're now excluding cover for fee claims uh, on architects who haven't used a quantity surveyor to do a costing during the project. Um, now, this is really challenging because generally what happens is the architect proposes to the client, do you want to get a, a quantity surveyor's report done? And, you know, a lot a lot of architects will recommend, a lot of architects, building designers, they will recommend to their clients to do this. And then the client decides whether or not they want to pay those fees for it. And um, oftentimes we'll just wait until they go to tender for builders. And so I'm now seeing architects having to make a call about whether they need to build a quantity surveyor's fee into their own fee proposal so that they know that it's covered when they get their fee proposal agreed to so they're not actually relying on a client to say yes or no to using a quantity surveyor so that they've got that covered. Now, it's my preference that you, and you've probably heard me talk about this before, uh, my suggestion is that you actually use a builder, that you get your builder that you want to work with uh, on board as a paid consultant 
involved during the pre-construction phase and working collaboratively with your designer or architect as a separate consultant and providing input on cost and buildability because that way you can really get to know your builder, you can get real-time updates and information uh, on the price changes as they're coming through and you can make much more informed decisions about your design. So builders are the ones that who rec they receive the emails from the suppliers and the subcontractors advising them of impending price rises. You know, architects and designers, we don't receive those emails. So if you want to learn more about the pack process, about the Pages Consultant process, about how to do this collaboration well in terms of bringing your builder on board during the pre-construction phase, you can check out the episodes that I have on the pack process uh, in episodes 201 to 205. There's a lot of information there that will help you understand more about this in a lot more detail. Now, it is really important, okay, that you establish clear expectations at the outset of your project with your team and that you speak up when those expectations aren't being met. So for example, if the architect or the designer seems great at the outset, but then they get busy, they're slow to reply to emails, or they're being difficult to deal with over design issues, jump on it quickly, okay? And then if it doesn't improve, consider your options. I have seen many hold on far too long to, bad, to a bad working relationship in the hope that it'll improve, but they end up with far more time passed and deeper in a hole financially. And I think that that's potentially what happened for both of these people who emailed me. They overlooked or they ignored early red flags that then snowballed into terrible situations that they're in. I don't know for certain, but that's the feeling that I get from the emails that I receive. Now, in my experience, project relationships, they rarely go pear-shaped overnight unless something really drastic happens personally or professionally with the parties that are involved. I find instead it's usually death by a thousand cuts, you know, lots of small situations that seem off but the client holds on in the hope that it will get better. They sort of ignore those niggly feelings. They feel scared to have a difficult conversation. And oftentimes they'll just stick with it because they've sunk money and time into the process to date. And they feel like that there's, you know, less time to go to the end than the time that they've travelled to get to where they are. And if they just keep pushing through that, that'll, you know, they'll just get to the other end and, and, and sort it out later. You are, Frank, seriously, you are so much better off just, calling it early, okay, having the frank conversation and if it's not going to change, then finding an alternative team and making, you know, understanding what is involved in that so that you can exit your agreement um, in the way that is going to suit you. Now, please too, I just want to lastly mention listen to your team, okay? Don't wait to see if things are over budget. Don't expect things to get cheaper if you keep asking for more. And don't work on a design in the hope that getting builders to compete for your project is going to help you bring the budget down and enable you to afford it, all right? If you do find yourself in this position with a design that is now considerably over budget, I do have a few tips for you. So the first one is, Okay, you need to check your fee agreement and you need to see what was referenced in terms of budget and the accountability of the professional to see if you've got any scope for design reworks and also what's involved if you do terminate the agreement, um, are you going to run into copyright uh, challenges and issues. Number two is you want to review how you've been as a client. You know, did you keep asking for extra things and increasing the scope against their advice? Be honest with yourself, okay, because many can have a, we'll test it and find out for sure down the track if it's over budget approach to things but by then it'll you know those choices get embedded into the design and consequential decisions get made and so changing things is then a really big undertaking. Number three uh, is that you need to discuss what the alternatives are to bring it back into budget. So don't proceed with any of those 
suggestions though until you've actually got builder input as well. So you don't want to just take the architect or designer's advice about what's going to bring things back into budget without any builder input is what I'm saying. So you need to uh, remember that whilst you're operating on the architect's or designer's advice only about the money and the costs, then you're at the risk of all of this happening again. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? If you're going, you know, you if you're thinking, oh, look, I'm just going to go it alone, I'm going to scrap the design and I'm just going to do my own, I'm going to tackle it as an owner builder, these are all very unlikely to save you money, all right? So there's generally a workaround that you can uh, work through when you get the right help, support and advice. Now, lastly, if you if you do if you do believe that things were on budget up to this point, if you've been led to believe that things were on budget up to this point and you haven't had pushback from your designer whilst you've been working with them, uh, and you've reviewed the design, then be honest with them. Hold them to account. Be firm with them. You know, too many designers, they don't know what their designs cost. They go ahead with the design anyway. They don't create processes to help their clients get input around cost. Uh, so hold them to account for this and seek legal advice if you believe that you've really been misled professionally. Okay, so all right, we've gone through four and I'm going to do a recap at the end of these five problems so that you'll be able to, to get them because I know I've crammed a lot in. Remember too, there's a full transcript of this episode that you can download as well. So uh, this number five in the problems to avoid when starting your renovation or new build may seem a little bit unusual, but this is one that I definitely see. It's concern and confusion about how to choose materials and products. Now, I'm including this as a problem because I see it's an area where homeowners get really overwhelmed in their project. Plus, I find it's also where many start their research at the beginning of their project journey. So I find that homeowners can be thinking about renovating and building for some time, uh, well before getting serious about their project. And then instead of using that time on the pre-design steps that I outlined earlier, they're instead saving images on Instagram, Pinterest, other online and offline resources. They're getting inspired about what colours and materials and products they'll have in their future home and that's where their energy and attention is being focused. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to create a beautiful and aesthetically uh, pleasing environment to live in, you know, especially if your current home is not that. However, it's better to not place huge amounts of effort and energy in choosing products and materials until you have a framework in place that helps you define how you're going to choose them and what criteria they actually need to meet. Now, when you work this out first, it helps you avoid disappointment down the track because say, for example, you've decided that you want a low-tox, healthy home that has great indoor air quality. That is going to immediately eliminate a huge range of materials and products that are available to you. And if all of those inspirational images that you've been collecting, you might find that they're completely off track. But it, And if you've got you know, really attached to those initial inspiration images, then as you try and hunt for replicas and substitutes that meet your sustainability criteria, whilst measuring up to these particular aesthetic ideas that you've had in your mind, then you can tie yourself in knots. Now, I'm not saying that having an aesthetically beautiful home that's sustainable, low-tox and healthy are mutually exclusive things. That's not the case at all. You can definitely have both. You can have an aesthetically beautiful home that is sustainable, low-tox and healthy. But I don't see the point in searching, collecting and falling in love with ideas and images that don't fit your criteria or your goals for your project. And in fact, the process of choosing materials and products can be such a huge undertaking because there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of products to choose from, probably millions actually, that when you start 
if you instead start with a framework in mind, you're actually going to make your life much simpler overall. Now, you may have heard me say this before because it's written in my How to Design a Home e-guide that's available for free on Undercover Architects website. I talk about how finding your blue is really important. And this, this isn't just relevant to choosing materials and products, but to everything in your project. So, If you're not familiar with the story that I tell in the e-guide, I talk about attending a conference where the speaker on stage, they had us look around the room and find all the blue objects. We spent a few minutes doing that and then we had to close our eyes. And then the speaker said, tell me where the green objects are. Now, of course, this was super hard to do because we were all focused on the blue. That's what we'd been committing to memory. Now, you can't have everything in your project, okay? No one can. Every project has its constraints, even those with limitless budgets. This isn't always a money issue. So finding your blue and creating that focus for yourself, it's going to simplify decisions. It's going to create clarity and it's going to make things much more straightforward. Now, finding your blue may not make things necessarily easier because sometimes the criteria that you have can actually make it more challenging to find things that suit. But what finding your blue will do, it is it'll give you a way to assess your priorities and enable you to make the right choices for you. And, you know, that can help you bring everything into alignment overall. So if you're looking for a framework to help you with your choices when it comes to materials and products, if you want some help with that, uh, if you go to episode 256, I actually take you through seven things to consider when choosing materials and products. And that that can help you establish a framework for your choices. So that's going to be super helpful for you. And the link for that will be in the resources for this episode. Okay, so let me recap on these five problems to avoid when starting your renovation or new build. So the first one is it's hard to know when to, where to start. So learn more about the pre-design phase and the steps that you can take before bringing your team on board and what they should be helping with before you dive into the actual design process because this will considerably uh, save you time, money and stress. The second uh, problem is that uncertainty about the best approach to choose in your renovation or new build, be it working with a design build company, a volume builder or taking the full custom approach by hiring your own architect, designer and builder. So don't assume that one's going to be less expensive or better than the other until you learn more about how the approaches vary and what it's going to mean for your level of control, input and involvement. The third uh, biggest problem is choosing a project team that ends up being the wrong fit. Now, taking the time to find a team that really suits you and your project goals is super important. So create a brief to help describe and demonstrate what you're seeking to achieve so that you can vet and select those potential team members more easily. The fourth problem to avoid when starting a renovation or a new build is the designer is going to create a design that's over budget, even though we were telling them all along that we didn't want this. This is a really understandable concern, but if you set up your project team and your process with this in mind, you can make much better and more informed decisions as you go, and you can deal with price increases more proactively along the way, instead of investing thousands to end up with a design that you can't actually afford to build. And the number five problem when starting uh, your renovation or new build is concern and confusion about how to choose materials and products. Determine what your framework and selection criteria will be and how that will guide your choices before you spend a lot of time collecting ideas and inspiration. And there you have it, okay? They are my five problems to avoid when starting your renovation or new build. Now, let me just finish with this message for you. You're here. You're listening to this podcast episode. You've got the whole way through it. So 
you have already started your project. Even if you're still dreaming up ideas, you have still started. So I'm really glad that Undercover Architect can help you get it right and be your secret ally. Don't think that you haven't started just because you haven't got serious about things or you haven't spent any money. If you are here listening, you have started. So get started well, avoid these common mistakes and be productive with your time and your resources so you don't get misled and you don't waste any time and money. Now, remember, I have got all the resources that I've mentioned in in this podcast episode, plus a full downloadable free transcript as well that you can access by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 268. That's the numbers 268. If you want to go grab that, print it out, save it off for later. Um, That can be super helpful for you. And also remember, if you're listening to this episode around its time of release, I would love for you to join me in my free upcoming online workshop all about the top home design mistakes to avoid. I've popped a link to that in the resources as well. There's a couple of times to choose from and I will be sending out a replay as well. Now, lastly, if you'd like more structured help and guidance and to feel more confident and in control as you learn the steps from start to finish of your project journey and also how to create a great home that you love living in, then my flagship program, Home Method, is definitely the place for you. Plus, you'll join a community of amazing and super informed homeowners that are on a similar journey to you and you'll also be able to access my personalized help and support along the way. So you can go ahead and check out Home Method on the website. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time.